We ain't did this in a while, Suave. What the deal? It's tournament time. Broken Pistol, booking company, pro as a podcast and radio show infused with hip-hop style. We've been talking about this one for a minute. We finally, finally put some pencil some time in. <laughs> There's that pencil again. Penciled some time in on the schedule to give you guys the best to never do a tournament. Your favorite guy might be champion, but the pencil's undefeated. <laughs> you feel me? What is the best never? In all of the years of this wonderful sport of professional wrestling that we have been fans and fixtures participants, in. Participants. Yes. We have had some favorites of ours. Never hold the gold. They may have won a championship, but not the championship. The and, and as wrestling has become more and more political, the guy who probably should be champion doesn't always become champion. And probably will never be champion. Here we are. Thus making them <laughs> the best to never do it. I like that. But here we are to save you. We give you the roses to give to your favorite because no one else did it for them. Hall of Fame rings me damned. Does that that make us the FTD of of pro wrestling podcasting? I guess it would be. We giving flowers to those who deserve it. You you know what I'm saying? 1-800 flowers. (laughs) Enough enough of that high energy uh, cornball shit. Let's go back to our usual our usual informational music, <laughs> musical choices. These, here. In, these informational smoke breaks is brought to you by <laughs> Good Tunes Anonymous. <laughs> if you know, you know. Now, Suave, we have been arguing about this for about an hour and a half prior to us going live we, with this. We have been intelligently debating and I, I'm also <laughs> under the under the belief that we should include some of that back uh, catalog of discernment somewhere in the presentation that we give these fine people who've tuned in today. Oh, please believe. Like, we record everything. So there's there's bits and pieces of this that are going to find themselves, find, find itself or find themselves at the end of this uh, day or tournament. This is going to be probably heard during the holiday season once, at least once or twice. Find find your time to listen to all of it. It's very entertaining. I guarantee you. You you might even find yourself throwing something at your. I hope you break a radio. Don't break a TV. Uh, man. <laughs> us recording everything is probably the greatest service that we can do to this cast and the listener, while also being the most dangerous shit ever. <laughs> Wait for it. It's coming. <laughs> Uh, lay down the rules, Suave. We have um, a, a pool of about <laughs> thirty to forty competitors um, from all different walks of life and organization. So look, we we laying out a Sweet Sixteen tournament. We're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. So 
in that we had to figure out the criteria to um, anoint someone as having been a world champion or not. Nah. So <laughs> in all of our uh, back and forth volleying and, and uh, lobbying for different entrants, we came up with the following criteria. For a world heavyweight championship to be recognized as a legitimate world heavyweight championship, the championship of that said promotion has to have had syndicated television. Must have defended this world heavyweight championship on pay-per-view. And must have defended this world heavyweight championship on more than one continent. So let me get this right. All these little territories that became world worldwide names and had world titles mm -hmm. I'll give you a good example Global Wrestling Federation on ESPN weekly after mm -hmm. school yep for about three years yep had a world championship yep but they never went outside the sportatorium or the global dome as it was called they don't qualify as world champions I'm sorry, two out of three won't get it. Aha. And we do that. We do this in the interest of fairness because there are some very compelling arguments that we went through before this tournament and show and broadcast presentation even started that we had to vet through to figure out who could be on the list and who would be omitted. There, so there are some oof. very high level names <laughs> that did not make this list because of this criteria. There's also a couple of surprises that will make the conversation. Stay, stay tuned to find out who that is. With no further ado, Suave, you ready to do this thing? I believe I am. I, I have my draft pool in front of me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm in here. I'm in this thing. We are drawing. <laughs> I just thought about this. We haven't done this in a while either. We are drawing <laughs> from a pool of about, like I said, thirty to forty people. Uh, we each pool eight. To formulate the, uh, the 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 pool of sixteen, that's going to be the actual tournament. Mm -hmm. There's only one diplomatic way to figure out who goes first: rock, paper, scissors. <sighs> Normally, I would say rock, paper, scissors is correct, which is why you heard the ding first. <laughs> but okay, on the Broken Pistol Booking Company Pros and Podcast and Radio Show infused with hip hop tournaments, you shouldn't <laughs> die for it. This is not episode six, season one of BMF. <laughs> High card. <laughs> Get like me. Three card Molly. I know, I, I know we ain't foot racing. So that's how. Uh, bike racing. No. Uh, punt pass kick. Uh, let's see here. Taken. Madden. Um, three point contest, slam dunk, layup line, horse, uh, miniature golf, <laughs> bowling, ski, ski ball, <laughs> uh, boxing on Wii. He <laughs> got me with the B, like nah, coin flip, fam. Oh, 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 that, that stuff. 
<laughs> well, that's primitive. <laughs> All right. So as as I'm as I'm manning the controls, you get to pick. Heads I win, tails you lose. Which ones you want there? First of all, I've been here long enough not to fall for that. And, uh, so you're going to do this with decency and in order, or we're not going to do it at all. All right. So you, you call it in the air on three, two, one. Tails. Survey says it is tails. I'm being honest here. Squad. <laughs> Suave, you have the very first pick in our tournament. Please, if you will. I'll take Cesaro. Cesaro, also known by his government name of Claudio Castagnoli, which probably would be a better World Heavyweight Championship name, but we'll put Cesaro for the sake of conversation. I'm going to take... I'm going to take Owen Hart. Mm, I knew that was going to be the next pick. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I was hoping to get a two for one, but no such luck. Not today. That's all right. I'm going to take Armed Anderson. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Whole lot of tops on your head. Armed Anderson with his manager, Glock. Let's see here. Number four. Number two for me. I'm going to go to live and... <laughs> uh, I'm gonna take uh, weighing in 125 kilos. Uh, Nikita Koloff, the Russian nightmare. Nikita okay. Koloff is who I'm taking next. I can dig it. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Big Scott Hall. <laughs> nice one. People don't re- realize that all of all of his NWA. Oh, sorry, NWA. Uh, NWO. And uh, Razor Ramon, all of this, he never was world heavyweight champion. And I'm going to go, ooh, I've been on a wrestling tear with these two. Let me add one more wrestler to my list. Uh Uh-oh, don't need to do that. Hold up, there we go. What what the hell did I just do? Uh, I did it again. What what did you do? Let me mark this real quick. Hold on. I hit the wrong button. And fucked up the whole thing. Alright. Cesaro. Owen. Pop, pop, giving up shots to the double clock. <laughs> who did you say after uh after uh after Owen? Who was your second pick? Armed Anderson. Armed Anderson. And then I picked Nikita. We're the floating hotel. We're the floating hotel. All right, Scott Hall. We're the floating hotel. We're the floating hotel. We're the floating hotel. All right. I'm going to take Lord Stephen Regal. Okay. I can dig it. Lord Stephen Regal, you say. I am going to select Rowdy Roddy Piper. Funny how you pick someone who was hardcore before hardcore was hardcore. And before we even started picking names, he was a favorite for me uh, for the winning tournament for me was Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, 
You're going brawler. I'm going to go brawler. Go with one of the greatest brawlers ever. Terry Bam Bam Gordy. I like it. I like it. I am going to go because this is a sentimental pick for me. I'm going to go New Jack. Hey, squad gang. Wait, hold, Straight oh, like wait, that. wait, hold on. We can't, we can't do it that way without doing this. A whole lot of fucking gang shit. Shout out to Jin Jack, <laughs> aka Gin and Juice. Let's see here. I've been going with this wrestler theme, and then I hit brawlers. Um, I don't mind betting on black. Let me go with Hacksaw Butch Reed. I like it. I like it. Um, let me get British Bulldog Davey Davey Boy Smith. Boy Smith. Wow. All right. This is man. You gotta be careful. Count how many you got left. Oh man. What seating are we on? We at five, six. I'm, I'm putting in number 12 right now. and these, Mind you, these aren't seeds. We're just up 16 competitors. So we're number 12. So out of, out of our 16, we're, we've used 11. Okay. Um, I don't have to explain myself now, but I will later. Kamala. Okay. I can dig it. Let me get... um. As I look over the list, let me make sure I'm not I'm not omitting any super fire. Let me get Magnum TA. Ooh. All right. I have. Man, I've been going dark lately with wrestlers. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin. Okay, okay, because I was I was torn. I was I was I was trying to see. Um, I'm gonna pick this one just because I know I want to make this argument. That's your last one, by the way. The Godfather. <laughs> I thought about picking him uh, in place of Butch Reed, but I'm like, nah, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't put, uh, pick Butch Reed. And there's a specific reason I said the Godfather and not Kama Mustafa or any other iteration of Charles Wright. The Godfather, specifically. Specifically The Godfather. Yes. Okay. Um, Man, my last pick. Make it good, because we got a lot of people who didn't make the cut. Yeah. uh, Man, I'm going to go... I'm gonna I, so I'm this one I'm gonna explain. <clears throat> there were so many intercontinental battles that we saw in the early and mid 80s that never hit television. There were also championship matches that should have happened in other organizations that you never saw because you live in a certain part of the country and can it could only see what you saw locally. So by the time you see certain people, they're either past their prime or no longer championship caliber. I'm going to round this, this this one out today with a sleeper pick and possibly one that can end up in the final four. Jake the Snake Roberts. I like it. And I, it, I'm telling you, it had to it had to be. Oh, you sent me a message. You sent me a message. 
Oh, <laughs> look at that. I didn't, even, I didn't even look at the message. I see a message and it just says Jake. So he's trying to, we're trying to book the territory here. And here I am giving you a full blown explanation as to why I'm choosing Jake and you want me to pick Jake anyway. So there's that. Look at us. Straight like that. So, uh, I guess it will be a good time now before we go ahead and start with the tournament. Go ahead, shout out the night in tournament competitors, the, the NIT <laughs> entries for the tournament. <laughs> shout out to the NIT gang. You know, the NIT gang. Uh, let's see here. Abdullah the Butcher. Greg the Hammer Valentine. And one of the people I was talking about. Tito Santana, which is poss- possibly his greatest feud outside of Roddy Piper. Rest in peace to Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Uh, let's also say Kevin Von Eric, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, and battling uh, prostate cancer. You know, get well soon, recover well. The late great Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert, the toughest wrestler of all time, and former Broken Pencil Booking <laughs> Company Pro Wrestling <laughs> Podcast and Radio Show infused with Hip Hop Tournament winner ming uh, he, he, he's got to get a round of applause for that because yes <laughs> you can't put him in every tournament he'll kill it he'll, you can't ddt a man on concrete you'll, you'll kill, kill him, him. <laughs> you can't put a man in the tournament against ming he'll kill him uh sammy zane makes the list facts the- elijah burke aka the angelo de Niro, the, the pope. pope the black pope uh, another uh, Brad Armstrong, the greatest work rate wrestler, arguably of our time, to never get a a big championship run. The man's man, Stephen Regal. Um, actually, I did pick him. You did? Yes, he's going to be. Oh, his, well, good for you. Looking at in the first round, he's going to be against Davy Boy Smith. Uh, Pillman's got a gun. <laughs> the late great Brian Pillman, the late great Junkyard Dog. You messing with the real deal now. Shout out to uh, D-Lo Brown. D-Lo, D-Lo Brown. Uh, Rick Steiner. Uh, also you don't great, like me? Bite me. <laughs> a great singles competitor. Once carried a pet fly to the ring. Named Spike. Hail King Woods. <laughs> he he had a little issue this week. <laughs> uh, you hear about that in episode 140. <laughs> uh well, actually, by this point, you would have heard about it on episode 140. Um, yep. is, is that everybody we have on the list? Uh, who else? Okay, so so there was some banter about. Now, here's one name. Oh, Terry Taylor was a good one that we, we had on there. Terry Taylor was on the, on the list in the draft pool. Uh, Monty Brown. Brutus Beefcake. Buff Bagwell. So, Ted DiBiase. We've talked about this one. <laughs> Teddy the music. <laughs> we 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 had an episode purely dedicated to Ted DiBiase. Actually, no, it was more so dedicated to, to the gimmick of the million dollar man. But Ted DiBiase was pivotal as he was the million dollar man, lived the gimmick. Um, the issue we had with Ted DiBiase was was he ever world champion? By my calculation, the answer to that is yes, because gotcha. Uh, because he was gifted the World Heavyweight Championship, even though he didn't win it, and also defended the world title on a house show as world champion. If you defend the world title, you are inherently the world champion. 
So that was my my take on that. But did he ever actually win the title? The answer is no. Therefore, he could have been on this list. Yeah, that's one of those things like one of Triple H's title reigns. Well, since he's had like 13, 14 of them, this is a moot point. But when he was awarded big gold in 2002, technically that title reign wouldn't have counted because it's the exact same way DiBiase got his. He was awarded the championship. Technically, no, no, no. DiBiase bought the championship. (laughs) I mean, once he bought it, it was awarded. It's all about how you see the schematics. If you go to the store and purchase something, given to you you've been awarded this gift <laughs> i think I, i'd like to say i earned it because my funds my, my effort gave me the funds that allowed me to be able to go purchase said said item Sim- simply schematics and how you see the world <laughs> I wwe2k is about to start throwing vc into that game so oh, you'll be no. awarded prizes for purchasing stuff oh no Kiss my ass and nike is actually uh selling shoes into the virtual uh, virtual space We'll talk about that uh, later on, too. You you can all collectively kiss my ass. (laughs) At any rate, back on back on to the tournament. So we we would have had way more. We could have done this all we wanted to. Um, Let's just get right down to the nitty gritty. Uh, There's no seating in this. It's just completely random. So we just pull the numbers. The tournament's already set. We have the brackets randomized. In our very first round, we have Rowdy Roddy Piper versus Jake the Snake Roberts. (laughs) (laughs) If if this were a (laughs) pay-per-view, this this, this feels like something that either should have happened or did happen in like and we missed it late late ninety one ninety two. I do remember them kind of fighting. You know where they for the Royal Rumble, but I don't think they had a singles feud or anything. You know where this would have happened at and been a barn burner? Where? Mid Atlantic. Yikes. This this was this is a match that would have had a caliber of uh the very first Starcade. Mm. Okay. But instead we got Piper and Valentine in a uh in, in a bloodbath. So uh I, I I'm gonna easily say Piper didn't have a true finisher. All he had was a sleeper hold, and he just just beat your ass. Jake Roberts had a move set, short arm clothesline, DDT. Like the, DDT, what did DDT mean? The end. <laughs> <laughs> he told you that straight up. I, 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 <laughs> see, like, and then it made it made me think. Okay, which one of these two is the best promo in wrestling history? If it was just these two fighting it out. I mean, wow. So that's it's hard. It's, this one's hard when you say that because both of them, you want to stand by the sensor. You're ready to cut the mic off at any given time for either one of them. Jake Roberts to this day. I mean, even Piper, Piper was still, we're still with us. Could probably still land base somebody on, on the stick real quick. But see, I've, I've had times where I even felt like this about Mick Foley. Like at one time, Mick Foley had one of the best promos in wrestling. As he aged, it got, it didn't always connect the same way. Like you remember him being phenomenal and he would give you good to great. Same thing with Piper. Like I've seen him do phenomenal and then there's other times like, eh, it's just okay. Jake has always been can't miss. That part. Again, I got Jake. 
you've already given me two reasons why I got Jake in this one. I'm with Jake. Jake it is. Uh, I need that money, Jake. Kamala versus Davy Boy Smith. Mmm. So. Mmm. <laughs> so his story, his stories on both of these. I'm gonna let you handle Davy Boy because that's more your wheelhouse. But, Straight like that. But Kamala was built. He had a few different names, but Kamala was the one that stuck. Kamala was the same character even up to the time that he died. And we're talking about from Memphis to Mid-South to World Class to WWE, even briefly in the AWA, he was always the same character. My dude took the gimmick to the grave. Like before uh, the before the issue was you can't slam Andre, the, the, the whole, every territory that had Kamala was like, you can't slam Kamala. Matches were being won by people that are able to to scoop up Kamala and lay him on his back because Kamala didn't lay down unless he was doing the big splash, the trap as he called it. And he never was the man in any territory, but was the most menacing figure in any territory that he went to. And you can't go wrong when you have the general Skandor Akbar in your corner making you the poster child for Devastation Incorporated. Suave take Davy Boy. The British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith is as close as you can get to being a world champion without ever touching it. <laughs> when you main event a SummerSlam in the United Kingdom with Bret the Hitman Hart and go over you should essentially be showing up on the next set of TV tapings as the World Heavyweight Champion. He did it as the Intercontinental Champion. And main eventer in WCW, uh, main eventer again in another run in WWE on several different occasions. I mean, he, he's as close to a world champion as you can get without being one. And it, it's hard for me to, to say anything else. We're, we're, we spent part of an episode not too long ago trying to figure out how we can rebuild the luster of, a, of an intercontinental match, intercontinental title match that happened in the UK almost 30 years ago that featured this man. When you said Wembley Stadium... I immediately clicked the green for for Davy Boy. That was it. <laughs> like you, you're not. just saying. Now, now, I, now I, from a lot of different research and a lot of podcast listening, I've heard the reasons as to why it didn't happen. But you got to explain that to to me is 1992. Yes, you got to explain that to 1992 me. Yep. Nah. Yep. Especially coming off of the British Bulldogs run as uh you know as a tag team. Because no one knew what happened to them as a tag team. They just know that you went from two, then two with Matilda to just one. So, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you on that. And the, the, the crazy thing is, Davy Boy's rise was in the same time as Kamala's uh, peak. And Davy Boy's peak was after Davy Boy's uh, rise happened. Let, let that sit for a second. So, yeah, Davy Boy deserves to go over to the next round on this one here. Uh, next up. Magnum TA versus 
Big Scott Hall. Magnum, go ahead. The matchups are crazy because, yeah, in any other situation, it'd be Scott Hall without even thinking about it. But because of the backstory that goes with Magnum TA, it's like, bruh. Um, yeah, but continue. Mac- Magnum TA literally was handed the U.S. title in the in Jim Crocker Promotions, uh, w- or NWA, WCW, whatever you want to call it, but Jim Crocker Promotions, National Wrestling Alliance, mid-'80s. After Magnum TA left Mid-Atlantic and Mid-South, he ended up going to... Uh, the NWA becoming a U.S. champion and was earmarked for greatness to be groomed to be the the next babyface world heavyweight champion. Jiminy Crockett. <laughs> uh, he was part of a faction. It was more like a makeshift uh, group of uh, over an alliance over an ordinary alliance that to that were anti horsemen that involved Dusty Rhodes. So he was toe to toe with Dusty Rhodes while Dusty was battling for the TV title, Magnum or the national title. Magnum was the U.S. champion, and a motorcycle accident pretty much derailed not just his uh, his push but his career. Meanwhile, These are factuals. These are factuals. Meanwhile, in the uh, in Minnesota, we have a former bar bouncer who looks just like Tom Selleck that has bowling balls on his shoulders and it just he just has this this rugged this rugged guy look who's you know a powerhouse as it as we move closer to the 90s slims down just a little bit aligns with friend that he meets in in Minneapolis by the name of da- Diamond Dallas Page and picks up a new moniker as the uh the Diamond Stud Dally now you got you got to shout out to his, his AWA roots and a uh, big Scott Hall, Star Fox Scott Scott Hall. Um, <laughs> I forgot about Star Fox Scott Hall. <laughs> Star Fox. I don't even think that's the real name, but it sounds cool. Uh, Superstar Scott Hall. Uh, the fact that the best uh, the best nickname they came up with him uh, while he was in a tag team with Kurt Henney was quote unquote big. <laughs> like, come on, man, that's the yeah. best you can do. Scout team Scott Hall, <laughs> scratch and sniff Scott Hall. Don't do that. <laughs> Yo, oh, Super Mario Scott Hall. <laughs> Here we go. Diamond stud to Razor Ramon, and there's a picture floating around with uh, Razor in what is believed to be Carroll City, Florida. With a bunch of Haitians, <laughs> and he's and he's uh, being he's intimidating or he's, he's imitating a uh, a Puerto Rican or a Cuban by mm-hmm. the name and by the look, mm-hmm. and this is a look and in an, a uh, and a persona that would carry with him for the rest of his career as he returns to the uh, back to Scott Hall as part of the original NWO crew. The Hey Yo to this day rings bells, and it all came from Razor Ramon. And let me let me explain to you that the traps of Carroll City is the the living embodiment of the phrase "no pass, no play." Uh, Magnum's career was maybe about six years. Scott Hall's career, even on the high end, with uh, with him having his own battles, was about fifteen, close to twenty. 
<clears throat> All right. However, I will say that uh, the business is much hotter during Magnum's run, and I believe him becoming champion when he was kind of slated to would have it would have thrown him into another stratosphere, money wise, fame wise, recognition wise, everything. Do you think we would have gotten him in in uh, WWF? Without question. All right, so back, that, that that begs to say, as world champion, who would have been better, Scott Hall or Magnum TA? For the time, so Magnum TA would have been uh, world heavyweight champion, 86, 87, somewhere in there, 85, 86, 87. The, the best uh, Scott Hall could have gotten would have been either a late 80s uh, AWA run or... He, pa- he actually passed on that. So in his documentary, he actually says, I passed on being AWA world heavyweight champion. Okay. The best time for him would have been 94 slash 95. Which was the worst time in the wrestling business. Yeah, so it was right around that time. You know, Diesel was world heavyweight champion. Um, yeah, you wouldn't have gotten that was his opportunity. So that that time of '94 up until I guess what the first of '96. Yep. So it's all a downtime for the wrestling business when he would have been champion. So better as champion probably is Magnum TA. But be damned if he if Scott Hall was an instrumental in bringing back the business of uh, to, or back to bringing back the business to pro wrestling with the NWO, and uh, and, and and honestly, the wrestling business is actually better for him not having been champion, only because with him not being champion, he ends up going to WCW for better money. When he goes for better money, that's the beginning of guaranteed contracts. Of course, it brings about the 90-day no-compete, but it does bring about guaranteed money, which changes the business forever. From that day forward, wrestling is different. Uh, Promo-wise, they're they're pretty even. They're pretty even matched on the pro on the stick. I, I'm gonna give Scott Hall the nod on that one just because he has more more stuff that translated into what you might refer to as pop culture. More the more of his stuff translates to like everyday vernacular like shout out to uh, shout out to Clark I mean it's in his name hey yo <laughs> you know what I'm saying like survey time one more for the good guys Scott Hall was much cooler where Magnum TA was cutting I don't want to say generic wrestling promos but there was white much meat a- baby face comes to mind ding there you go <laughs> uh, so who goes over then that, this, this, so far we got a tie I'm going to choose Magnum TA just because I know the money would have been different. It would have changed. You wouldn't have had Lex Luger would not have had so many back and forth turns to heel to face. So his career would be different. It probably would affect Sting because he wouldn't have become champion quite as fast. And I just think the entire landscape is different if you continue to have Magnum TA as one of the players in that late 80s run the business is better with magnum as champion i i will say that scott hall scott hall's trajectory won't change one way or the other in fact i think it, it takes a downward turn if he becomes champion based on what we've seen and it's funny that i'm making this explanation as i look at the next match this is gonna fuck you up lord steven regal versus new jack you know i look i <laughs> 
I love I love Stephen Regal. I loved everything about his his brief run as King of the Ring when he was um you know basically GM of Raw and he was turning the lights out on people. I love everything about that. With all that said, it's 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 this new Jack gang over here. So every everything that I that we just said to why Scott Hall wouldn't go over Magnum CA is the exact same reason why New Jack will go over on Lord Steven Regal. All the all, like you can replace everything I said was uh, from Scott Hall and replace New Jack's name in it. Take everything that Suave said about Magnum TA and replace Lord Steven Regal's name in that, and you get New Jack as the winner in this one. Why? Because of the time frame. Steven Regal's uh, run is about the same as New Jack, which is early '90s through the mid 2000s, and during that time frame, as a, a better wrestler I hand Steven Regal might be one of the best wrestlers to ever lace up a pair of boots period hands down we've seen him stretch Goldberg um New Jack though Mike work transcended pop culture mm-hmm. um ph- phenomenal work ethic and just completely dangerous and believable there's no there's no way Regal doesn't uh, doesn't succumb to the the bad graces, not the good graces, the bad graces of a great man in New Jack. Cause I'm I'm just like looking at Regal's career, like when does he when is he champion? Like if you were gonna make him champion, when did, when is that? During that yeah, during the time frame, who's a better champion? It's definitely New Jack because edgy is what's in. If, if no, no no I get I get I get. I'm saying, looking at Stephen Stephen Regal's career, at what point during his career do you say, yeah, he should be champion you, now? You you really can't. You can put an IC, you, you can put a secondary title on him all day long, but the the actual belt, him with, without a manager, like we're talking competing against Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, uh, Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar, um, Goldberg. Uh, uh, Big Papa Pump, uh, Good yeah, Try Terry, uh, early, early and late ninety, early and mid nineties. Uh, WCW doesn't have that opportunity because he, he's he's coming into his own right as Hogan shows up, and then you know when Good Try Terry gets there, ain't nobody else running with nothing. That's what ended up happening to Dustin Rhodes and Steve Austin and a whole lot of other people that left that company. And Dustin he, Rhodes is another one that should be on this list, but that's another conversation. Facts. So then, when he goes to WWF in like '98, it's um again he's he's just caught in a whirlwind of top top level talent. Where it's like, if you're gonna make him champion, it's gonna be in a transitional situation. But then that first gimmick they gave him, Man's Man, that's like that's more comedy than anything. And they didn't even mean it to be comedy when they did it. What uh New Jack, New Jack on the other hand. If we were going to rewrite history, which we might do at some point, instead of bringing Taz back to beat Mike Awesome in 2000 when he signed with WCW as currently the ECW champion, you could have had New Jack take the title off him in that spot. Vic Grimes uh, hindered all that, though. That, that that part. Yeah, that that's so. Yeah, that might be a conversation worth having. But yeah, that so, so many things. But you can you can re, you can replace any champion during that era. With New Jack, you cannot replace any champion during that era with Lord Regal. For that reason, New Jack goes over. I'm with you. Uh, Owen Hart versus The Godfather. Now, you... Damn it! <laughs> you made mention 
of the, specifically the Godfather going into this tournament? Please explain yourself. All right. So take in mind everything I kind of just said about Lord Stephen Regal or man's man Stephen Regal. If you look at the characters of the Attitude Era, no one character and their presentation is any more better suited to lead the Attitude Era than the Godfather. Hip hop culture tie over, risque gimmick, pristine mic work in that gimmick, top flight presentation, edgy, and 100% against the grain. A pimp as your world heavyweight champion prior to the company going public so there's no there's no investors there's no there's there's nothing else there's nobody to answer to but the people in the building self-professed no less and he lived it he this was him in real life in most cases he was sourcing his own talent so had had the Godfather had the opportunity to be WWF champion, I can see him main eventing pay-per-views. Like you can build you can build the persona. You you show him riding around in the limousines with all the girls with the belt. It's the exact same thing that Richard Fleer had done a decade before. It's just this guy is dressed up like Bishop Don Magic Wand. <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> You feel me? Like, it's green for the money, gold for the honey energy. Like, it's no different than what we've been sold the entire time that professional wrestling has been marketable in the United States of America in terms of television. You're selling him as the successful uh, misogynist, essentially. Mm-hmm. So, there's, there's no, you can't explain to me why he wouldn't work. He's an above average, he's a, way, a well above average size human being. He's physically imposing. He can work. You have no reason to tell me why he couldn't. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying. Charles Wright, aka the Godfather and Apollo Legend. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Owen Hart. The little nugget, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> Brother of the hitman Bret Hart. And one of the only people to take Bret Hart to a to a limit to where neither one of them like it, it was so what was that WrestleMania nine was it uh ten ten they wrestled each other and neither one of them seemed to break a sweat no greatest opening match in the history of WrestleMania uh Owen goes over Bret ends up winning the the belt later on in the show but Owen beats his brother. And legitimately has claimed that, hey, you may have won the belt, but I beat you. Mm-hmm. Which started a, a spectacular feud, to which I, I would say if you were going to crown Owen Hart, that would have been your opportunity to do it. Because you would have gotten you would have gotten your three-match series. You'd have gotten the WrestleMania. You'd gotten SummerSlam as a main event. And then, say, Owen goes over instead of... Well then, yeah, history really does change because you, if you had done it at Survivor Series and and Owen ends up going over, or Brett ends up going over to win the series, then you got to figure out how you're going to get it off Brett onto Diesel the next night. Mm -hmm. 
And so just the lineage, you have the actual heart foundation as a faction. You have Owen was just insane on the microphone. Um, there are numerous stories about how he was backstage. All of these things. Like you want to talk about a model for a for for a champion and someone that could perpetuate uh, the championship for 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 a better future. And just from family history, definitely Owen Hart. Um, I got Owen going over on a uh, on good uh, Godfather. You know what? No, I take it back. You don't have to change too much. What you do is you keep going with the anything you can do, I can do better uh, story between them two, between Brett and Owen. So um, you get Owen goes over at WrestleMania 10, and then Brett wins the championship. Owen wins the championship at SummerSlam in the main event. And then at Survivor Series that same year, Owen goes for the clean sweep. Wins. <laughs> Loses okay. the title the next night to Diesel. And then you just have Brett and Diesel do their thing back and forth like they were doing. And then you have the payoff at WrestleMania. So you basically take Bob Backlund out of the equation and just replace all of the Bob Backlund, Bret Hart stuff with Owen, with Owen Hart. Hart. Yep. There you go. Is, so is that a missed opportunity or just a uh, is that still just a way to, to, to bring Bob Backlund back up to speed? It's just a, it's an alternate universe. Like it, you can't. I can't necessarily say I didn't like any of it because it, it all in 1995 it was all air quotes entertaining. Um, in retrospect, you probably would have liked to see have seen Owen um, get that shine based on everything that ended up happening eventually. But uh, you know, it's it's just alternate universe stuff. Mm-hmm. And so there we have it. Owen goes over just because it's it's too much. Uh, it's too too it's too too many too many levels to what happens with Owen, and his untimely death stopped a lot of of forward progress. Because I still think that he would be. He would be involved in a title picture somehow, some way today, even if he's not wrestling. Yeah. All right. This one actually happened. And I'm sure we didn't see it on TV, but I can guarantee that it happened. This one. So this is so good. Nikita Koloff versus Armed Anderson. I'm you, taking Armed Anderson. I, I'm not even. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not putting a whole lot of extra thought into this. It's Armed Anderson. Uh, okay, so what we have to, we we got to give why we have Nikita even in the, in the tournament. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, do that. Prove <laughs> me why he's in the tournament, and then you can go ahead and finish celebrating Armed Anderson. Cold War is in, in full swing. Russians versus Americans is the deal. Um. Even when you have the face turn for Nikita, we're talking about a just a straight, just insanely all over Russian gimmick to where there is nothing but heat, legit heat from the fans to the wrestlers. Uh, you have a Russian sympathizer in tow who changes his name from an American name to a Russian name. Shouts out Crusher Darso, aka Crusher Khrushchev. <laughs> uh, Nikita goes from being with uh, with Darso and Uncle Ivan Koloff to being in a in a team with like or or a, a faction of sorts 
offshoot, if you will, with like the likes of Magnum TA and Dusty Rhodes and Sting. And like these are all people that he feuded against. And uh, because he was built as being such a powerhouse, like he, he, he basically was the prototype for Goldberg. Handlebar mustache, but a ball head. Uh, his finisher was the Russian sickle, which was just a very vicious clothesline. Um, and Uncle Ivan as his mouthpiece. Shatota. <laughs> Shatota. Uh, he he could have easily been the menacing heel with the belt for at least a couple of years. <laughs> Ball headed Anglo man from Minnesota wearing a do rag is always a a pretty entertaining piece of television for me. And then he grows out a flat top. I digress. Then we're talking about. Big Glock armed Anderson. The greatest mechanic in the history of WCW. That man fixed more lemons than anybody I've ever seen. <laughs> that man made the renegade look respectable. He had Johnny B. Bad out there having 10, 15 minute classics. Arn Anderson is the the least celebrated superhero in wrestling history, other than like Bobby Eaton. Like they're in the same car. Of uncelebrated, and they were best friends, so that that goes without that kind of kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, and obviously, as we've heard, Arn Anderson is still a fantastic promo even today. <laughs> One of the he he the Horseman just said JJ was just a straight shooter. He was the ultimate manager. If you it all, wasn't for his kayfabe cousin <laughs> Ric Flair, he would have been World Heavyweight Champion. And they even had a feud about the championship. It, it, what's make, what makes matters even worse is people give Ric Flair the respect of being the, one of the best promos ever on the mic. Or we all know all praises due to Dusty Rhodes when it comes to that. On the flip side, no one talked about the, the reverence and the, the, the disregard for blatant respect that Arn Anderson had from 1984 to present day. This man, as little as a month ago, literally told Cody Rhodes that he would take a Glock, point it at a person's head, and splatter their brains all over the concrete on live worldwide television. Get that new armed Anderson Glocktoberfest. (laughs) On top of that, Arn Anderson could wrestle his ass off, reinvented the spine buster, had the the gourd buster was his move that became a tag team move. And in fact, the first time I saw a spine buster was from Arn Anderson, and his was essentially a belly to a belly to belly suplex with the legs lifted. Armed Armed Anderson for the win, and the creator of the gourd buster. Yeah, I guess said that too. I just like to reiterate. That. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that mentioned that he's the creator of the gourd buster. Yes, but did you mention that the spine buster? was uh, a res- revolutionary move in its time. Oh wait, hold on. Let me let me say let me say this. And he's left-handed. Any double version of a spine buster came from double A. So the double R spine buster came from double A. Oh, wait. There's one more, one other thing too. He's an Anderson <laughs> armbar. <laughs> Shelton Benjamin versus Hacksaw Butch Reed. Yikes. This is rough. Gasp. 
<laughs> this is right. How did you have two picks that ended up going against each other? Gasp. Random. Random. I mean, yeah, I think you had two. Did I? I think you did. No, you didn't. Yeah, you did. Back to TA and Scott Hall. Okay. So I, st- I see what you did there. Shelton Benjamin Butchery. Shelton Benjamin, University of Minnesota, one half of the world's greatest tag team. Uh, one one fourth of the hurt business. Um, singles wrestler du jour. You've seen him in numerous uh, ladder matches. Uh, very hilarious angle with Thea Vidal, aka Mama Mama Benjamin. <laughs> um, Somebody call my mama. Man, I, I, I roommate to Brock Lesnar in college. Fam, part of one of the greatest graduating classes from OVW to ever make it to WWE's main roster versus Hacksaw Butch Reed, the the person who was earmarked to be the first black world heavyweight champion of the modern era, uh, former North American heavyweight champion for Mid South, uh, former world tag team, actually one half of the first black world tag team champions. Um, for for the NWA that or for World Championship Wrestling that is because naturally Rocky Johnson and uh, Antonio Atlas were also World Tag Team Champions, but Butch Reed became his own worst enemy. But he could speak on the mic. He had a look. Him and Shelton Benjamin. In fact, Shelton Benjamin. Shelton Benjamin's look was patterned after Butch Reed the Natural's look. With the with the dyed blonde hair, and they had very similar builds and very similar styles, with the with the exception of Butch Reed being more of a brawler than a wrestler, and Shelton Benjamin being more of a wrestler than a brawler. Okay. Long term viability as a champion, Butch Reed had far more personality than Shelton Benjamin. I got Butch Reed going over. I just like to shout out to my one, um, my favorite. Uh, Sheldon Benjamin promo highlight where he asked Carlito if he was high. <laughs> that got the biggest pop ever. It's, like, it's an episode of Raw. Everybody's out there surrounding the ring and then they start talking about who should be a competitor and something else, something else. And then Sheldon just grabs the mic, looks at him and says, Are you high? <laughs> Greatest Sheldon Benjamin promo moment of all time for me. And, but, and, yeah. and the answer to that question more than likely was yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. It's just like uh, he, him, him, and Kofi Kingston are the two um, most skilled specialty match competitors to never win that match. With Kofi being that for the Royal Rumble and Sheldon Benjamin being that for Money in the Bank, like they do shit in those matches that no one else can do, showing why they are absolute, you know, locks to be at the top of their division at the top of the profession and it only happened for one yeah and, and so yeah, I guess I guess it's safe to say you know let's read here we go <laughs> and, yeah, and, and into the next yeah. round now there, here's one for the ages somebody had to be some, somebody had to go on this one but man our, our final match for the first round Cesaro versus Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Mm. 
This is a good one. You talking about a Styles clash? We're, we're, Cesaro is quite arguably one of the highest IQs in the history of the professional wrestling business. Thanks. One of the pound for pound strongest people we've ever had the privilege of watching in the ring. More facts. Versus the most. The savant. The child prodigy, the savant, the the international death dealer. <laughs> that that's that would be if he goes to AEW, that's his that's his moniker, the international death dealer, Claudio Castagnoli. <laughs> no, I'm talking about I'm talking about Bam Bam. <laughs> like you you named off all the stuff about Cesaro, which is absolutely true. He's like a hybrid of Finley, the unmentionable, and pick whatever other uh, Steven Regal. Cause he can do all of those. He can fight like Finley. He can he can technically wrestle as well as Steven Regal. And then he can put it all together and be vicious as the unmentionable. Terry Gordy had a very a nondescript wrestler's body. And we've heard on several occasions from several different people, he was as good as anybody in the business at 16. At 16. Uh, and the man could wrestle. He could fight. Pro, uh, Pro Wrestling Observer, or, or the Wrestling Observer, gave him, I believe it was in 1986, the Brawler of the Year award. He, he mm-hmm. Hacksaw Butch Reed, I'm sorry, Hacksaw Butch Reed, uh, Dr. Death Steve Williams and Terry Bam Bam Gordy made an entire organization by feuding with one another. So what did they do? They left America, went to Japan, and became a tag team, and menaced all of Japan. And came back and beat the one-time seemingly undefeatable Steiner brothers. I was sour about that shit for months. <laughs> the like, that's, that's, the that's whole another, that's the that's the other kayfabe reason for me to say fuck Bill Watts. <laughs> <laughs> but Bam Bam was built to be as legit as they come, and I, I had a, had the privilege of meeting him once. Nice guy, I was a child, but he was a nice guy to me. So there's that. Oh, um, <laughs> they're shooting at us, Michael. <laughs> My Michael, <laughs> the the international death dealer, Terry Bam Bam Gordy. Oh man, so. On the microphone, Terry Gordy was not the greatest. In fact, strong, strong Southern accent, straight from the bottoms of Tennessee. I mean, it's much better when you're watching Southern wrestling. Let's just put it that way. This is very true. Cesaro is just a all-around talent, period. No, He if, can speak several different languages. Six or seven the- different languages. You don't get the the presentation that he's that refined, and I think that's a mistake. That you know they haven't they haven't taken the opportunity to present the fact that he's this well rounded as an individual. I think that's the missing piece. He helped re uh, redefine tag team wrestling with uh, with uh, Sheamus with the bar. Shit, even before that with Chris Hero. Oh man. At- Ring of Honor. There you go. Um, 
But again, this isn't about tag team accolades because Terry Bam Bam Gordon is part of the 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 the, the, the tag team that begat a rule, the fabulous Freebirds. Um. So as solo acts, it's just they they're a lot more similar than we're giving them credit for. Yeah, they. Uh, because even though Bam Bam was a brawler, he actually had go. And Cesaro can brawl with the best of them. It just looks it just looks more technical. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Cesaro. I'm taking Bam Bam, man. We're going to a coin flip. We we haven't done it. We haven't done it yet, and this is I think this is deserving. I don't like that my number one seed is 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 has his whole day riding on a coin flip, but I mean I guess that's what we gotta do. <laughs> This is what we needed that impartial third party because I, I don't like how this is shaking out already. Well, let's see here. Cesaro's got a longer tenure. Uh, Cesaro's also older than Terry Gordy was when he passed, so there's that. Right. Then Terry, sorry, Terry Gordy you know was also not. Um, at a mid card or main event level towards the end of his career or even before his uh, untimely passing. Yes, and this is more more so than cuz and I'm going to take away the coin flip. This is more so about who's a better champion more so than who can beat who. The better champion in this case would be Cesaro. So for that reason, Cesaro advances to the next round. We actually we have we have our quarterfinals set up. Now that we've explained everybody and all the competitors, we can usually rip through these pretty quick. You ready? Factual. Let's get it. All right. <laughs> I say that, but here we go. Jake Roberts versus Davey Boy Smith. Jake Roberts. Hands down. <laughs> Jake Roberts was the most compelling character at several different points of his career. Can you imagine him cutting heel promos as the heel champion, fending off all of WWF's finest baby faces and planting them on their face? L- little known fact, the Legion of Doom was not just the Road Warriors as a tag team. It was actually a faction. One member of the Legion of Doom, Jake Roberts. Uh, Magnum TA versus New Jack. You, you print money with both of them. Let's keep it a buck. You're going to... Okay, I... I transparent moment my my personal allegiances say new jack but if you're talking about printing money who was going to print more money just because of the time and history it was you were going to print boatloads more money with magnum ta sadly new jack only gets like a, a couple of months of worth of title reign and maybe two or three of those at the most magnum ta you could probably get a year out of come back lose it and then come and then do another one again how did he not get hurt if, if Magnum TA's car wreck doesn't work, he's going to be champion. He's probably going to have six or seven reigns as, as world heavyweight champion. And a lot of these one-offs we don't see. I, I Truth be told, we may not even see Vader as champion or Luger as champion if Magnum TA is nah, Luger, he may get one. He won't have as many, and he won't have as many back-and-forth heel turns. Vader's getting a title run because by hook or by crook, somebody going to sleep. Like, Vader has a history and a reputation, so some somebody gonna come up off that strap for Vader, it's, whether it's, you want to or not. How did we get from Leon White to the Big Van Vader re- reputation? Like, it literally, it sound, it feels like it happened overnight, but that that's we'll talk about that at another you, you time. Put, you put the mask on him, and that's how he changed from Leon White to fucking Vader because they're both the same person and slapping the shit out of people. 
<laughs> the only person who really had something to say about it was Paul Orndorff. Man. Oh, man. Uh, Owen Hart versus Armed Anderson. Armed Anderson. I, I totally agree. Um, this is making it easy. Now, <laughs> this, again, here's the harder one, but of course, we know the answer to this one. Butch Reed versus Cesaro. I'm taking Cesaro. I got Cesaro too, but it doesn't mean it's as close as it, I mean as as as, uh, as distant as it seems. No, uh, we just mad, we mash it for the sake of time at this point. But not even not even so much that Butch Reed could print money at the same time as Cesaro could, but Butch Reed wouldn't do it for a sustained amount of time because he'd probably get in his own way. <laughs> Possibly, and then there's <laughs> other things we know about we know about what it means to print money in professional wrestling. Yes. Uh, for your semifinals. Jake Roberts versus Magnum CA. Now it gets real. Uh, I'm I'm still gonna say Magnum CA prints more money. I'm sw- now, I'm switching Jake's up. A, Jake's a more compelling champion. I will say that he's more compelling as a heel champion in WWF. Magnum prints more money as Magnum CA than he does as Magnum CA the champion up against Jake Roberts. And the reason why I say that is, is Jake Roberts is the heel. The money would be in the chase with Magnum CA going after that title. I got Jake Roberts. In the 80s, women were spending money for people that look like Tom Selleck the same way people were spending money for nose candy. <laughs> and Jake Roberts did both. <laughs> so even he would understand what the money would be like when 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 Magnum TA is involved as champion. I'm sticking with Magnum TA. You're going to get the coin out. Uh, coin it is. I, I'm with the coin flip on this one here. Oh man! Wow. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to go with heads. And flipping now. Up, 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 up. Coming down. It is heads. Your winner, Jake Roberts. Ah oh, man. Magnum gets outed. Good call though. Man, good call. Uh Armed it's Anderson cold. versus Cesaro. It's cold lick, buddy. Uh whoo, I'm, gonna armed, I'm gonna go armed Anderson. I got I got Anderson too, man. Um longevity. Um damage to do with the title. Things that too, so many different ways you can go. And then we end up with two people who were big stars in the eighties and the early nineties for your finals. Jake Roberts versus Armed Anderson. I'm going to go Armed Anderson because I know I can trust him at champion. That's the part that should have come into play when we were talking about Magnum TA versus Jake Roberts. Who can you trust as champion? Well, you you can't really ask that question when you're dealing with no. someone. Wait, wait, oh, wait, wait, you can. wait, wait, can you? Because literally the reason why he was never a champion was because we he couldn't be trusted in Magnum TA. Magnum TA couldn't be trusted? Oh, you mean Jake couldn't be trusted? Magnum. What did Magnum do wrong? He got into a motorcycle accident. That that so that says you can't be trusted? It was a car accident. Yeah, that's Oof. that's not a. He wasn't drunk driving. Oh no, he was he lost control in the rain. He was in a. He, he had a Porsche. He wrapped around a telephone pole. You see what I'm saying? Like, so that's not an untrustworthy thing. It might just be, you know, slightly. Uh, that might be slightly reckless, not untrustworthy. Not, tr- not untrustworthy. I got you. I got you. And it's insensitive so for- to say that, but yeah, but I, but you're right. So, so do we go back? Do we do we rescind this and make this Magnum T. versus Armed Anderson? I, I'm. I, 
Yeah, kinda. <laughs> cause I, cause to be perfectly honest with you, if it's Jake versus Arn, it it's not even a question. Like, yeah, I'm probably gonna like watching Jake as champion more, but Arn is gonna be able to carry it for longer because he's trustworthy. So here we are with a horseman in the final four. Actually, Unless you want to make, make it a triple threat. You want to make it a triple threat? Nah, because Jake Jake won't win. Jake I mean, won't even be in the finish. But somebody can get DDT'd. <laughs> On the concrete? You'll kill him. Nah. I got... So, so I reworked it. So for, for, for the sake of trustworthiness as a champion. <laughs> because that matters. It, do, it does matter. You can't you can't run off with the plug. Yeah, we can't we can't book six months of championship run when you can't run for six weeks without the DUI. So we got Magnum TA versus Armand Anderson for the championship. So we back to Jim Crockett promotions in real life. Um, and and this, that, this probably should have happened at some point. It should have happened. It probably would be the feud that goes back and forth. Arm Anderson, unfortunately, is not going to be the one who's going to have the belt for the longer amount of time. It's going to be Magnum TA. Magnum TA is the best to never do it. Wow, say it, it, it seems hard to hard to believe, but there you have it. Magnum TA, the broken pencil booking companies, best to never do it. I mean, just hey. And we and we had we had some heaters in here. It's not. It's really not that hard to believe though. It, it's really not when you when you look at at how his um, how his legend has been told and how. Um, Everything would have shaped out for him the, the the list and the roster of talent he had to go back and forth with had he become champion. You've got all of the four horsemen. You've got you have one of the greatest lineups, a murderer's row of superstars in Jim Crockett promotions. You said a murderer's NWA. row of superstars. You're absolutely correct in that statement. I'm just saying, like literally and figuratively, you have a murderer's row. And and that's that's another tournament in the books. So we hope you enjoy that. Uh, stay tuned because we get we have some of this banter that we've had to discuss uh, prior to putting this tournament together. Right after this, so um, show up brokenpistolbc.com, brokenpistolbc at gmail.com. Please let us know who your best and ever do its are. We are very interested to know because we'll talk about it on the later show. Maybe even possibly do another tournament. Uh, Broken Pistol BC on all things social. That's at Broken Pistol BC on what? Everything. 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 And on that note, Suave. Yeah. Take it to the house, man. Pencil pushers. Heads up. Pencils down. Whole lot of fucking gang shit. RVD. I really wanted to put him on the list, and I'm just like, fuck. But yeah, that that's can't. <laughs> can't. can't. <laughs> but no, but that's that's what made me stop thinking about like the newer the newer cats is because of RVD. Um, who else? Um, oh, we can put Woods on the list. He he deserves it. Okay. Um, shit, main event Jey Uso for for that matter. Well, here's the thing. <clears throat> If I'm putting them on this list for my Here's the thing. They either need to have been a singles competitor for a very long time or have gotten to the main event status and never cashed in. Jay, he got to the main event situation as part of Roman's story. Okay, okay, okay. Now that that this this brings to the conversation 
uh, Henning, Rude, uh, everybody. You, you saying that opens up this conversation. So, the new ECW, do we count those titles or title runs as legitimate world title? Uh, 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 see, here's another one. Here's another one on your list. Keep, keep going. I'll, because, because, I, come on. <laughs> which, which one on my list? Cesaro. No, Cesaro is absolutely. He meets all the qualifications. Like he oh. literally has just been languishing. He's an ROH or former. He's a former <laughs> ROH World Heavyweight Champion. So, are we discounting ROH? I mean, shit. Sinclair has. No, we will not. <laughs> Sinclair got them on on motherfucking clearance rack. So what the hell you mean? No, that, that that's a clearance rack now. But we're talking like we're th- this company has eighteen years worth of history. Like here, W WCW <clears throat> NWA WCW WWF WWE. We know, yes, for sure. Impact. I'm sure we're creating the Impact as a world heavyweight championship, uh, world uh, world heavyweight uh, title contender. Or, or, or recognize. I'll tell you. Go ahead. Where it start, where it starts to get dicey is if you if you give <clears throat> if you give Cesaro the pass for being Ring of Honor world heavyweight champion. Steve Williams is gonna come off this list because he was U- UWF. No, 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 no. So which? So, I mean, at what point do you start cutting off territories in indies? This. So this is. So here, here's my rationale. The Bill Watts UWF was more of a world, a world, worldwide, world renowned name than the Herb Abrams UWF. Okay. They were two completely different companies with the same name. I'm gonna use the same argument for Cesaro. The Ring of Honor he was world champion of is not the same Ring of Honor that Sinclair bought. Okay, so does that mean Jay Lethal was never world champion? Yep. Really? No, yep. no, no. I can't. Yep. No, I, I, ref, I refuse. I refuse to allow that to be an argument when Jay Lethal is arguably the best ROH world champion that they've had, as he held that belt and the world TV title and defended them independently. This is absolute truth. The only reason Jay Lethal may actually get that pass is that, you know, Sinclair had TV and he's been world champion since Sinclair had the had the the reins to the kingdom. Okay. All right. All this stuff before that that we go do DVD and tape trading and stuff for, the stuff that we actually care about them buying the catalog to be able to see, none of that is televised. That's like that's the worst of syndication. So it's like if you let one through, you gotta let them all through. So if Steve Williams is gonna be UWF champion, but still be on this list, then Cesaro. So that means it. a lot of people are coming off the list because Kevin Von Erich was the uh, World Class Wrestling Association World Heavyweight Champion. So we gotta set a ceiling on what what we mean by world champion. Do we mean big three? Because Re- a recognized World Heavyweight Championship is what. Okay, let me let me let me let me let me give you let me give you an example of why Henning can't be on this list. And it's and it and it's this is you're talking about dicey. Here's dicey. Kurt Henning was the AWA World Heavyweight Champion. Kurt Henning mm-hmm. was also the first unif no, I'm sorry, he wasn't the first. Uh Jerry Lawler was. Um Kurt Henning was the first I mean, was the AWA World Heavyweight Champion. Okay. As was Nick Bockwinkle 
as was Vern Gagne, as was, I believe, Greg Gagne. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The do you do you remember the the USWA Unified World Heavyweight Championship? Something similar, something like it. Okay, the belts that were combined to make that belt were the AWA belt and the World Class belt. Okay. Those two belts together combined to make the USWA Unified World Heavyweight <clears throat> Cha- Championship. Still there with you, Jerry Lawler. By if we're counting world title reigns on that regard has more world title reigns than anyone in the history of the business. Okay. But I'm not counting that. There's no way I'm counting Jerry Lawler as a, as a world champion. Well, then at that point, <clears throat> that's where I'm saying, where's the cutoff? Are we counting basically um, WWE slash F, WCW slash NWA, and AWA? Like, what's the, what's the cutoff? And then we got to figure out what what creates the cutoff. Because, hell, it, by that stretch of the imagination, hell, the, the champion of NWA Wildside is a fucking world champion. That's it. This is what I'm saying. Because, like, because right now, cause, <coughs> so, here. Uh, okay, put, 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 put com- it like this. Com- a world, a world champ, recognized world champion should be a title that's been defended in more than one continent. Which is Jay Lethal's uh, ROH World Championship. Okay, his version, fine, cool, but that doesn't as mean well as well as Cesaro's. It's not the same company. It's not. It's not the same. Even though it's the same name, the belt might even look the same. They are two separate entities. That's like fucking total nonstop action and impact. Yeah, there, there's all the same air quotes lineage, but that ain't the same shit. See, I am going by the lineage. That, that's that, and that, <laughs> and, that, and, that and I think that's where our my, my dis, or our our disconnects differ is because. I'm going strictly off the lineage of that title. Now, that said, um, you have an argument with me saying that you have an argument with Rick Rude because Rick Rude was never the top dog. He didn't have the top belt. He just had a belt that had a name of a big gold belt that became the WCW International title. I mean... But it was not the. It wasn't the number one belt in the company. I, I'll say this: they used that belt to count towards Flair's total. They did, and they removed it. That's why he's only the 16-time World Heavyweight Champion. I'm recognizing Rick Rude. I, I don't know about nobody else. You can call it WCW International. You can call it the the Marriott. Uh, this only. Marriott this Lobby is Champion. only. This is only for argument's sake that I put him on there. But if I put if I take Rude off, I have to take DiBiase off. If you take Rude and DiBiase off, Steve Williams probably has to come off. I, I can't do that. I can't do that because the UWF title were, was not defended in the international waters. Neither one of them. I mean, <clears throat> okay, the Ring of Honor title before Sinclair was it going overseas? Yeah, I was going to Canada. That shit. That's still North America. Uh, but it's not America. It's not USA. America's in the name. You you won't you won't defend the United States Championship in Toronto, will you? Shit, it's happened. <laughs> I said you. I didn't say them. 
I have a record good enough to get into Canada. I'll take the belt wherever it's necessary. <laughs> so nah, you can't, you can't, nah, nah. I said another continent. North America is one continent. Continent, includes, okay. Continent that includes Canada. All right, let's see here. R O H World Title. So <clears throat> that that's. This list gets easier if we set our own parameters about what federations we're going to allow we, to. We need to have that. We need to set these these precedents up front prior to yes. we yes, start. That, that makes everything that much easier to categorize. Because hell, some of these dudes that are old enough to have wrestled in the territory era, they've all been the champion somewhere. And it may even be a place that you've heard of. I mean, and these, the, and some of these places are calling their titles <laughs> world titles, right? Because you can just slap the name on anything. I mean, because Charlie Haas is the real world heavyweight champion for a company that doesn't even fucking exist anymore, right? <laughs> it's like I keep coming up with shit like, "Damn, uh, you had to have had a pay per view," or like, "Yeah, what's, and all what's, of this, yeah, all what's of this shit's valid." What's the rules? Like, let's 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 let it go. Because I I like ROH was a is a even to this day is still a prestigious title. Regardless okay. re, regardless of how you feel about Sinclair and their run, it's a press it is a prestigious recognized world heavyweight championship. Yeah, I, I don't disagree about it at all. I'm just I'm saying with the life of that title, how does that work? And if you're gonna recognize Cesaro's Ring of Honor world title run then Rick Rude's international championship run in WCW has to be on the same level. It can't. The reason why I say it can't be is because there was a belt that was bigger than his. His title was a secondary title. It's just a world. It wasn't even a, a world title by name. It was the international title. That's because they were going through that shit about uh, the, the NWA, NWA and Rick and Rick uh, Rick Flair uh, wanting to uh, get get Rick Rude over and get him so the world title. So right, so back off as politics. I mean, should not be the reason that Rick Rude doesn't get proper recognition for a world title run. Wait, but who's the world champion at that time? Was it Sting? He beat Flair for it. Who's Sting? No. Rude beat no, Flair no, for it. No, no, Rude beat Flair for the international title, yes. But I'm saying, who was the world champion at that time? It's probably it Vader. <clears throat> See, we're in that 90... 93-94. Yeah, it's going to be... Yes, yeah, it's, it's absolutely going to be Vader. Because uh, Flair doesn't even beat Vader until Starcade of 93. And then they have the unification match with um, Sting and Flair in 94. So Fall Brawl, uh, Rude beats um, beats Flair. Rude gets hurt in Japan. Wrestling Sting. Um, I think there ends up being a tournament. Sting wins that tournament. Flair beats um, Vader at Starcade, and then it was Vader. I'm looking yeah. at it now. It was Vader. Um, in '92, the big gold belt was used to revive the NWA World Championship and a mm -hmm. co-promotional gimmick between WCW and New Japan. Because I remember Hasei was the champion for like eight days. Uh... 
So Rude gets hurt later that year in Japan, wrestling Sting. Actually, uh, oh, oh man, oh, only reason I will let uh, I will, I will let uh, Rude stay on this list. Um, I'm sorry, take Rude off the list is because the the true name of the belt was the WCW International World Heavyweight Championship. I thought it was just the WCW International Heavyweight Championship. So Rude has one, two. He has three reigns. Three reigns, yeah. So did they delete all of Flair's reigns? Because he's got two with this. Well, there was there was a reign. I I, I remember he won. Um, he won. One one of the reigns was against, I believe, Jeff Jarrett on an episode of Nitro, and it was a fluke victory. The next week, Vince Russo made him give the belt back and struck and struck it from the record. Wait, that's what who? Um, that was uh, Flair and Jarrett, I believe, in like '98, '97 or '98. Yeah, that's fine. I'm talking about like this international world title in the span from '90 from July of '93 to June of '94. <clears throat> Flair, uh, Rude has it three times. Flair has it twice, and Sting has it twice. Let me see, because I believe the I believe the true number is nineteen for Flair. And and truth be told, the the first reign they call it that. That's when uh, Flair beats Barry Windham, and then that's where the split comes because that's where the NWA divide starts. So that's where you end up with two belts. And it's WCW World Heavyweight Champion and WCW International World Heavyweight Champion. Because the World Heavyweight Championship was the one that Ron Simmons held. That's the one, yeah, that's the one he'd be Vader, Vader for. So yeah. there's the WCW, that's the company belt. Then yeah. there's Big Gold, which is transitioning from NWA which, which, World which, Heavyweight Champion. The Champions. former NWA belt, yeah. And they just called it International until they could sort the shit out. Because the original Big Gold actually had Ric Flair's name... Um, etched in gold and not on a plate it was after it was after the wcw transition that that became a plate because at the very top of big gold it actually said nwa and flair's name was in gold and diamonds like embedded into the belt that's the one he took with him to wwe and said the, ori- the original one yes yeah, yep. the one i'm yeah i'm not gonna send this back you give me the money that i paid for the deposit because i was still nwa world heavyweight champion you can have it if not i'm keeping it yeah so you would take one, you would take at least two title reigns away from Flair. You take two away from Sting, and then three from Rude if we're counting them. So for that reason, probably by itself, this counts. I think those three are, are fairly, fairly um, reasonable caveats for a recognized world championship. Promotion had to have TV syndication. Promotion had to have defended the title on pay-per-view. And the promotion had to you needed to have been defended at some point on more than one continent. So that would be true for WCW. It's definitely true for the international title. I mean, like it's literally in the name and it was owned by it that was technically a New Japan belt, even though it was it was uh, perpetuated by WCW. That should have always been a New Japan belt. I'll take it. Um, and then the more than one continent. So that's WWE, yes. ECW, yes. Uh, AWA, yes. Ring of Honor, yes. 
Ah, go back to AWA. They got two out of three. But when when was the AWA title defended after Stan Hansen left? Shit, if I know, I didn't watch enough. That, AWA that's what, that's what I'm saying. I don't think AWA. Ha- if you're if you're talking about defended outside of North America, I don't think AWA had any uh, any de- uh, defenses away from Stan Hansen winning the belt. <clears throat> well, I mean, shit. If Stan Hansen did it, it counts. I don't even know if he did it. That's the thing. Um, wow. Let's see here. All right, Google's. Ha. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Jumbo Saruta, 1984, Tokyo, Japan. There it uh, is. Masa Saido, 1990, Tokyo, Japan. Okay. All right. <laughs> but that's how. But it was a six. It was six years in between international title defenses. It happened. It did happen. It counts. <clears throat> so, okay, by that stretch of the imagination, so nobody else slips through the cracks, you have to have all three. Yeah. Okay. You gotta have TV, you gotta have TV syndication, which they had. You gotta have the paper uh the title defended on pay-per-view, which they did, and then it needs to be defended in more than one continent, which it has. Alright, so alright, so AWA counts. So we uh Henning can't make the list because of that. Um ROH World Championship. Um, let's take a look at their history. Technically, it's gonna take Cesaro off. I almost want to have him in as like a wild card. Like, you know, we just gonna shine some light on him anyway. Okay, wait, no. Well, okay, never mind. Cause Joe won the um, he won the Impact belt. <laughs> I'm about to say cause uh, or TNA belt. I was gonna say cause th- do we count NXT? I don't think we should. I mean, it, it's its own entity, but it's also looked at as the developmental for a bigger brand. So that's like, damn, are you going to count FCW the, too? The, here's what's crazy. Are you, are you, are you going to count the Ohio Valley World Heavyweight Championship? Here, here's what's crazy. We, the fans, only look at that as a developmental. They look at it as a third brand. They look at it as a fucking tax write-off at this point. What I mean... Like we're 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 splitting hairs between the Triple H version and the current day version. Thing is, if you're gonna award it for the NXT championship, you're gonna have to do it for fucking Ohio Valley. Well no. No, 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 no. Our own caveats. No, actually, NXT does. Oh, that's gonna make shit rough. But yes, NXT does count because it had TV syndication. It's been defended on pay-per-view. And defending and, on international international territory. Yeah. Uh, how do how do we define pay per view in the modern era where well you're paying for a subscription? Yeah, so a, a, yeah a special a special monthly event that's oh, considered wow. a pay per view. I mean, even if it's free, it's a special a a, a non regular televised event. Like if for instance, if we didn't have pay per view, Clash of the Champions would qualify. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, by that stretch of the imagination, that means NXT does count. Okay, alright, so the ROH world title history. <clears throat> and of course, New Japan counts. I don't see... 
I, I see I see title changes. Oh, there was one. <laughs> there was one in 2017 during the, the the heat of the Sinclair era in Tokyo, Japan. Take a wild guess who it was. For what title? ROH World Heavyweight Championship. And there was a defense where? Tokyo, Japan. What year? 2017. Um, because you're saying 17, give me Jay Lethal and Chris Hero. Survey says, I'll let you try again though. Jay Lethal and what are either one of those two right? You're 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 so close it hurts, but it's neither one of those two. But at the same time, you would never picture these two going at it in Japan for the world title. Jay Briscoe and... Mm. <laughs> uh, 2017 world champion. In I'll Korea. give you a hint. Wait, it's in Japan. Um... Fuck, Cody and Cody and um, you're close, man. You're you're warming up. <laughs> Who are you? Kenny warming Omega. Up? Nope, you're still 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 warming up. AJ. No, no, nah, not you two. AJ's long in WWE by then. Twenty seventeen. It's in Japan. If I'm getting warm with Cody, it means somebody in the Bullet Club. <laughs> What'd you just say? <laughs> what did you just say? I said if we're saying Cody, it means there's somebody in the Bullet Club. Okay, okay. Keep that same energy, fam. Uh, it's not Fergal because he's long in WWE by then. Uh, it's not Kenny. It's not Cody. There's 600 members of the fucking Bullet Club. The year is throwing you off. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. I'm there. Okay. What, 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 what if I what if I told you it happened at Wrestle Kingdom? Would that change your stance on who who it could be? Not as much. Okay. Because um, that 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 uh, the year is what's throwing you off. When I tell you who it is, you're gonna kick yourself. The new the, the person who won was Adam Cole. The person he defeated was Kyle O'Reilly. Oh shit! The year totally threw you off on that one. Threw you off the scent. I didn't know Kyle O'Reilly was ever Ring of Honor world. Yes, champion. sir. Yes, sir. I wasn't watching Ring of Honor because I didn't know where to get it. <laughs> channel Forty Seven, actually. You see what the fuck I'm saying? I ain't had a, cha- I ain't had a Channel Forty Seven, and I don't know how fucking long. My channels either had three digits or I wasn't counting channels at all because it's just streaming. So you had Destination America, you had uh, Channel 47, and you also had uh, YouTube because they still they still show the ROH Weekly TV on YouTube. Or I would have been able to the, to catch the Wrestle Kingdom shit on Axis. Yep. To which I saw none of those. No, this one wasn't the first one. 18 was the first one they showed. If they showed any of this... It would have been in pieces, um, but that was the only title change. It's not doesn't mean it was the only title defense. It was the only title change that happened outside the United States or outside of the North America. 
Hey, it just needs to be defended. Now it doesn't have to change hands. That's what I'm saying. But I don't. I don't know because I mean a defense can happen once a month. I mean, twelve months in the year. Um, that you could have you know shit twenty shows in a month. I mean, I put that in there under the conversation, like the USWA championship. Like someone would say, oh, it's a legitimate world title. Did it ever leave yeah. the United States of America? Yeah, because the world, the world class world heavyweight championship wasn't a legitimate world title in my book. Everybody, everybody in the 80s that put the title, the, the name world heavyweight championship on their belt did so to, to spite WWE for eating up the territories. And that's how you decide to sell tickets because people are buying tickets to a world heavyweight title match. Like UWF was real good with that because they were they were running the same show in Chicago, Little Rock, uh, Houston, Dallas, Tulsa, and New Orleans. That was their circle. And on occasion, you might get a sprinkle of St. Louis in there. Let me look up this WCW roster. Bob Holly, huh? <clears throat> now I'm just being an asshole. But why you bullshitting Finley? I mean, fin- fin- Finley had a run really late. Um, he had he had a really with the Shillelagh that that Shillelagh era. If you're gonna do that, you gotta put Lord Stephen Regal on this list. Oh yes, sir. I'm glad you mentioned him. He deserves to go on there. Um, Regal. And it's crazy because his reference doesn't come until after he retires. Dean Malenko doesn't really count. He was a world champion, though. <clears throat> Dean Malenko? Cruiserweight. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> heavyweight. World heavyweight champion. He was never a heavyweight. Ever. Even now. Rick Steiner. I thought about adding him on there, and I'm, I'm not mad at it. Um, but he, I think he had, well, he did have a pretty lengthy run. He was like six years by himself. Mm-hmm. The whole time Scott was by himself. And then his highest level uh, was like United States champion. Well, not not just the whole time Scott was by himself. That When Rick started and Scott wasn't even wrestling yet. That too. So, so absolutely he counts. Eddie Gilbert, man. I got to put him on here. Conan doesn't make the list because of Mexico. And Puerto Rico. Buff Bagwell? Was he really that good, though? I mean, well, okay. (laughs) The The answer to the question overall is no. However, when he was brought in as a rookie, he was groomed like eventually he was going to be that guy. Oh, he's had that hype around him and he's been over to a point where you thought of him as like, okay, maybe at some point, sure. Don't worry, don't worry. These these conversations will be addressed. Like, <laughs> um, as we go down this list. You made me think about somebody else while I was saying that. It's not Buff Bagwell, but... um, Alex Wright? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, I, oh, I got a good one. I got a good one. Kamala never was world champion. Right. Kamala also wasn't six foot seven, but that's another conversation. Uh, 
Buff Bagwell. And somebody else popped into my head as soon as I said bag Buff Bagwell, but then now nah, I don't remember it. Do we want to include? And I, I'm I'm glad you put Santana because I'm going to add him on there with Greg Valentine. They, they those to me those were the real world title matches. Them two. Um, uh, young Tito, uh, um, Big Boss Man. Uh okay, okay, because Steve Williams stays right. I mean, yeah, at this oh, point, okay. Cause he, cause Bubba Rogers was a UWF World Champion, so it was one man game. Uh, and Bam was ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Was that was that title ever defended? See, here we go. J- Japan with um. Okay. All all Japan, and then I want to say they had a relationship with FMW. FMW. Yeah. Well, I know they did, cause they would talk. That's how they got um Hayabusa and uh. And and uh, Genzation Zaki versus Van Dam and uh, Sabu. What was the last one we just said before we said that? Oh, uh, Big Boss Man. Ba- boss Man. Abdullah the Butcher. Brian Adams, aka Crush. Brian Clark, aka Adam Bomb. Uh, I mean. <clears throat> I'm just I'm deepening the pool at this point. Like I'm sure we're that, not gonna draft these. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not even worried about them too. Honestly, um, Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, Hell, Butch Reed. I put Butch Reed on the list. Brad Armstrong deserves this clout. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Knock knock. Who's there? Wildcat Chris Harris. No. <laughs> Uh, Dutch Man <laughs> Dirty Dutch If we put Dirty Dutch on there, we gotta put Black Bart on there. <laughs> Man, get the fuck out of here, bro. New Jack has to be on this list while we bullshitting. New Jack goes on the list. Mr. JL, the Honky Talk Man. Jamie Noble, boy. See your list. You put Jake Roberts on here, right? Yes. Uh, if I didn't, he's supposed to be at the top of the list. Yeah, I, I, let me add him on here. Now this this is this is deep as hell, man. I, one, two, three, four, five. Six, I'm gonna take off Rick Rude. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 21, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 31, 32. Would the, would, since you brought up Kamala, would the junkyard dog count? Yes. So add him. I'm actually replacing Cesaro with JYD. Why are we replacing Cesaro? Defended on international, uh, outside of North America. With syndication. Yeah, that's in 2017. So when did Sinclair buy Ring of Honor? 2011. Okay, when was Cesaro World Heavyweight Champion of Ring of Honor? So now, now you're going backwards. <laughs> Cesaro. I am. Let's see here. 
Because my point about this is going to sound disrespectful as fuck, but it's also going to be very accurate. He may not, he may not have, he may not have been the title. Oh, he may have been a pure champion. Hold on. Uh oh. And the plot thickens. <clears throat> Lance Storm. Wow. Wow. What? That's amazing. He was never ROH World Champion. And there's your winner. Wow. He mm -hmm. was, uh, him and Chris Hero were tag champs. Yeah, for a long time. All right, so that's 33 people right there. We, I think we're good. Um, Lance Storm. Now I'm just, I'm doing this for my own gratification. Ming. I will, I will replace Steve Williams with Ming. <laughs> Why are you replacing Steve Williams? Because, I mean, we, we're already at 33 people, and there's no reason to have a pool this damn deep. I mean, are we drafting a top 16 from this pool? Um, we can we can just we can we can talk through them and then we can just say like um, uh, like we we basically pick them. Like we we we'll pick the sixteen that we want in the tournament. Like you pick eight, and I pick eight. Yeah, that's all. That's all like, like, like we're literally we're literally gonna be booking this tournament. <clears throat> Let's see, Sean O'Hare, <laughs> Shark Boy, Mark Shark Boy was in WCW. Show fucking right, Mark Jindrak. No, thank you. Steven Regal definitely, yeah, Regal definitely got to make that list. Does Brutus Beefcake de deserve to be on this list? Man, I thought about that too because he's in the same era as Piper. He and can be in the pool, but yeah, he his con gonna... his contributions in WWF far superseded that he did anything that he did anywhere else. But he, uh, but was he really that good? He's a name that wrestled for a long time and is pretty famous without being champion. So for the sake of conversation, he can be in the pool. I don't think either one of us would draft him with our eight picks to be like, yeah, this the guy. And Leslie. Ed Leslie. Tony Atlas. Uh yeah. Tony, Tony was so ahead of his time. God, he was ahead of his time. Because by the time uh, he came, and Terry Gordy. By the by the time he came to Texas, um, by by the, by the time Atlas came to Texas, it was it's already towards the end of his career. And we're talking like '85. Yeah. So yeah, no world title range for him. He can. He can be one of those honorable mentions, but again, I don't expect him to make the actual tournament. He, he's just part of the pool. Um, you, you know, you know who's here from missing this list? Who that? Uh, Nick Aldis. Uh, shit, the Pope. Hmm. The Pope. If, if that's the case. I got another one to add onto this list too. Look in the middle of the list. I'm resending the list. Oh wait, we're tripping. 
Oh, no, 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 no. Because, no, he definitely <coughs> was. Okay. Look, look in the middle of the list. Right after New Jack. Honky Tonk Man? No, keep going. Xavier Woods. Keep going. Sheldon Benjamin. There you go. That one. Yeah, he definitely belongs on this list. Uh, let's see. Jerry Lynn was a world champion. I'm trying to remember anybody else from ECW that would have been slept on as a world champion, but I think all of their stars got a run. Yeah, Ra- Raven, Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, uh, Sandman Shane New- Douglas. New Jack was really the only one that didn't. Oh, Pillman. Really? Mm-hmm. You got to remember how hot he was as a free agent in 95 and 96. He was going to be somebody's world champion if he didn't go through the window of that fucking Hummer. Yeah, ifs and fifths, though. I mean... I mean, that, that's the wrestling business, for real. Magnum T.A. About to say Magnum T.A. It's, it's, it's the same story. <laughs> exact same fucking story. So, yeah, both of them need to be on here. All right, there you go. <laughs> Shit you saying. Goodness. Who better than Canyon? Apparently a whole bunch of people because you ain't no goddamn champion, baby. I would say Nova, but that's just that's just being a jerk. Ricky Morton. <laughs> Richard. Richard Morton. Uh, Richard or Ricky. Carino. Yo, have you ever heard the uh the Terry Taylor Ric Flair story in, in uh New Orleans? I don't think I've heard that specific story. <laughs> so you know, Terry Terry was Bill Watts' boy for about two or three years before he went to WWF, before Terry went to WWF and mm-hmm. became the Red Rooster. And um, But Terry was going oh. back and forth between Mid-South and World Class, but he was only doing like, you know, a couple of, couple of months at the clip stints in World Class in exchange for like Iceman and Kamala. Oh, pause one second. Was yeah. Monty Brown ever a TNA or Impact World Champion? I don't know. Hold on, see here. Oh, pounce ass. Period. Negative. There you go. This is some real dope smoking ass music you got playing in the background. It's Alchemist, man. (laughs) Well, then that that totally explains it. D-Lo Brown. I mean, goddamn! How many? How much longer? How much deeper we want this pool? I mean, this is just stuff to remember when Black History Month comes back around. You know, you got to recognize some of these people. Um. But anyway, um, every year they would do a super show at the Superdome, sometimes twice a year, and 
one of these days or one of these instances was you know like because with the, with the nwa territories the, the whole key was to build your baby face <clears throat> which is usually either your uh your top tier champion or your tv champion to end up and in, getting into a feud with flair well at this point i think terry taylor was north american champion and uh, had just lost the belt to like Reed or DiBiase or somebody, but the whole thing was to get him in a feud with Flair, so he looked like he would get the belt off Flair. Flair shows up uh, in the middle of the damn show, mind you, they got the main event. They're going Broadway. Uh, they're in the middle of the damn show. Flair shows up, drunk, hair all over his head. Flair goes and uh, gets gets dressed. Terry's like running around like a chicken with his head cut off, trying to figure out what, what's what's right from left, what's what's going to happen, how it's going to go down. Flair comes out, uh, talks to Terry for about five or ten minutes, goes back, does his thing. They tell him every time somebody comes back and say, "Rick, get ready, Rick, get ready, get Rick, get ready." He says, "Leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone." Bell time comes. He talks to Terry again for like a brief moment or two, and Rick Flair comes out, hair pristine, pressed and curled up. Robe immaculate as always. He's strutting, styling, profiling, and gets into the ring and runs into a five-move loop with Terry Taylor for 20 minutes. By that point, Terry Taylor is gasping for air, asking Ric Flair to quit. <laughs> and they still got 40 minutes to go. <laughs> Flair gonna test your cardio, ain't he? I mean, hey. The 60-minute man, Mr. Mr. Go All Night, Space oh, Mountain. So he's, Ric Flair is going to test your tolerance. <laughs> In and out of the ring. Man. 